Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, I've pressed record. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? Well, hi, howdy, hey. I was waiting for you to start just then, but it's my turn this week. We all know that. Come on, <laughs> silly boy Dylan. I'm Dylan. You're Lonnie. It's a podcast for sure. How you going? I'm doing pretty well. Sorry for um, removing you from the recording um, app just a second ago. That was a complete accident and no reflection <clears throat> on today's topic at all. It, it threw me off. It threw me off. You betrayed me early today. It was a complete oh, mate, accident, on. mate. I'm not trying to fight you. You better not. Oh, but I could. Well, 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 before we get into that, mate, come on. Before we get into that, tell everyone in the whole world what the podcast is about. This is I Miss You, Man. It's about two men who miss each other. That's me. That's him, Dylan. Uh, each week we take each other on a journey through life, pop culture, and everything in between. Pop culture, front and center today. Assuming Dylan hasn't given me homework that doesn't re- <laughs> result in a prank. Well, listen here, a little, little, little backstory, a little context for you, mate. All right? Basically, I've just been getting into fighting games recently. Having a bit of fun, going through heaps of different franchises, loving every minute of it, fun times. What better way to get you into the fighting games? Because you're a movie buff, aren't you? You love mm-hmm. the movies, mm-hmm. can't get enough of them. Mm-hmm. I love the fighting games. Right. So let's marry the two. Together. Together and watch some fighting game movies, mate. Bit of fun, surely. I mean, I see the logic, Dylan. However... The problem is, I think it's more fun to play the fighting game that doesn't need much of a plot than to watch a movie based around a fighting game concept where they try and throw so much plot in there, which no one's there for, no one cares about. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Also, I think they nailed it with Mortal Kombat. I'm not sure they needed any of these other movies or fighting game franchises. Well, mate. Why don't you keep it to yourself? But Mortal Kombat is one of the first ones going to be talking about. Because what we're going to do... Okay. you watched a few movies. I'm going to talk about a few at a time. But how we're going to do it is we're going to have a little fighting game movie tournament. So the first one, first match, is going to be Street Fighter. Okay. The movie from okay. 1995. And then Mortal Kombat. From 1995. The battle for the best fighting game movie of 1995. Now, people are going to say Street Fighter came out in 94. In Australia, it came out in January 95, baby. So it still works. Not only that, but it features our Kylie. So we can claim her, I think. Yeah. We, can, we can claim it. Yeah. Was she good, though? We'll get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> do, you, 
Can you describe the plot at all off the top of your head? There's a lot yeah, happening. A lot happening in Street Fighter, which I think I play a little bit of at some stage on one of the Nintendos at some stage, I think. Um, it wasn't one I really was au fait with. Um, there's a guy called Bison, and he's taken over a um, Southeast Asian country. Seems to be Thailand-esque. <laughs> so they filmed it, at least, from what I was reading. Um, and there's like a world, like UN has like its own army that goes in to, um, try and stop him. He, he's, um, he's also got some hostages, which has really ramped things up. They want to go save the hostages. Um, it's a fighting game, right? But the movie is yeah. a kind of war movie, James Bond sort of thing with, with a bit of like actual martial arts combat to top it all off. It's strange. It's an odd choice for sure because the fighting game that's based on, which is number two, Street Fighter Two, mm. mainly. It's just it's just a tournament, just a fighting game tournament, <laughs> like most fighting game plots were in the nineties. Yeah, it's just people competing in a tournament, and if you get the character to win at the end, you get a little little ending, little footnote. Oh, good. As to where are they going now? There's no tournament in this movie, at mm. all. As you said, it's a war movie more than a fighting movie. I don't think there was a single street fight in this Street Fighter movie. No, <laughs> the, the fights happen in a sort of James Bond villain lair sort of thing, which is quite cool. But yeah, the Street Fighter name is a probably fair way away from that. Yeah, bad choice, bad choice. And we've got pretty much the entire roster of Street Fighter 2 uh the champion edition i think and added a few more characters that are in this so who we bloody got in here we got guile the all-american soldier boy <laughs> played by jean-claude van damme odd choice odd what? choice to say the least odd choice he does okay though yeah well i'm in for yeah being coked out of his mind yeah sure yeah he does pretty good at the action side of things. The acting side, not so much. Yeah, no, definitely not. He, he kind of seems like he'd rather be doing anything else, to be honest. Yeah, he's... he's I don't think his heart's in it. No, no, definitely not. Apparently, director Stephen D'Souza, I think, mm. who, by the way, also wrote the script in one night, <laughs> doesn't reflect in the quality at all. <laughs> Uh, apparently, he said that Van Damme was constantly coked out of his mind. Mm. And sources say at this point in his life, he was snorting $10,000 worth of cocaine a day. Jesus. Utter madness. When you're taking that into account, it's actually a pretty decent performance because I don't know I how so. he was functioning yeah. at all. Look, you have got, got to think about the conditions we've created in society that that can occur, apparently. Like, mate, Hollywood, baby. Yeah, Hollywood, it's baby. Crazy whirlwind. Holy weird, I call it. <laughs> Hello, fucking hot take there, isn't it? <laughs> oh my goodness. And we've got M. Bison, General M. Bison, mm. played by the late, the great, Raul Julia, one of our boys, made an appearance on the Christina Chronicles twice in the mm -hmm. Adams Family movies. No, very good. Very well liked, I think. Um, this is a great performance. Um, 
His costuming especially, Dylan. It was pretty hardcore. Loved it. Well, it was so good. Apparently, the person that designed his costume gets their own credit, aside from the costume designer. True. In the credits. (laughs) And I'm going to say this one. I think Raul Julie in this movie, no joke, being 100% serious here, is one of the greatest performances of all time. How do you feel about that? Do you mean not just in a fighting movie? You mean all time? Yeah, any movie. Any movie, any TV show. Yeah. Any Broadway play ever. <laughs> yeah, pretty damn good. He commits yeah, to mate. it. He commits to it. Oh, 100%. He's a, a delightfully devilish deviant in this movie. <laughs> He's chewing scenery like nobody's business with mm-hmm. the best of them. Absolutely. The one thing I knew about this movie, the two things I knew about this movie before going in were our Kylie and the, for me, it was Tuesday speech, which is, gets quite referenced quite a lot online as being Mate. like the, the the one fantastically written scene and acted a scene in, you know, a pretty average movie. Mate, one of the, one of the greatest lines in cinema history, again, not even joking about that. I think people who haven't even seen this movie know that line. Yeah. Good. What's the exact line? Because it's like Chun Li's like telling him like how, how he fucked up her life when she was little, but he was embarrassed by the um, adults in her village, and they drove back his army, and he's just mm. making him drink while this is happening. Mm. And he's just like, oh, I don't remember that. He's just like, what? He's like, for you, the day that Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life, but for me, it was Tuesday. Amazing. <laughs> Incredible line. It speaks to those sort of um, dictators, but also I think powerful people in general where they can make these huge decisions on other people's lives. But for them, it, it doesn't mean anything. But to the yeah. people on the other end, it can make or break their whole entire life. Yeah, man. It's got layers. That's how nuanced this movie is. <laughs> that one scene. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll give you that. <laughs> but he's just, he's so confident in this role too. Like, he was so confident and in control of every scene. Mm. Like, even when he's about to lose, I didn't feel like he was in any danger of losing. That's how fucking put together Bison was in this movie. He really he didn't he, feel he, threatened at any point. So I said he owned it. Absolutely. And put all that aside, fantastic performance aside. Raul Julia was basically on his deathbed with mm. crippling stomach cancer at this point. And you cannot tell at all. No. Except for when they're cutting around him in the fight scenes. But that's completely understandable. Yeah. Nothing on real. Nothing on real for that. But what a trooper. And he just did it because his kids love Street Fighter. I know. Like, like he's obviously got a huge career before this. But um, to end it on this note... Like, oh, it's a, you know, kids video game movie, but he's actually the fantastic part of it. Oh, mate. Incredible. Now, I believe, I believe this finished filming in the third quarter of 1994, mm-hmm. and he died in October. Wow. These are basically his last days on film. Yeah, that's weird He looks about. like he's having a ball, too. Yeah. I think about that sometimes about, um, like, does it end up in anyone involved in a film it's like this was this charts your journey through life from a certain period and it can be you know a short film they did like a short period of time 
or it could be like a you know Harry Potter sort of thing where they were doing it for a decade or more. It's like yeah, you you've given up your life for us on screen for a certain bit. Yeah, absolutely. But they're they're <laughs> of the cast. They're probably the most well known um, because that's pretty much where all the budget was spent. I think Jean Claude got eight million dollars for this. Wow. Which was a lot of their budget. I think the budget was like thirty million or twenty-seven million, something like that. So just getting him is like a third of their budget. Right. They filmed down here, didn't they? Filmed around Gold Coast, Brisbane. A bit of both, I think. Mm. I think Thailand and Australia. Yeah, cool. Either or. Yeah. And the rest of the cast pretty unknown, except for, as you mentioned before, odd choice again, but Kylie Minogue. No, she's doing her best, but She's not necessarily what you think of when you think of a soldier. Absolutely. And it is the epitome of not caring about accents when you cast an Australian to play a British agent. Just saying. But she's supposed to be British, she... British was she? Yeah, yeah, she was supposed to be British, Lonnie, actually. Even though she just had a thick Australian accent. Uh, good on her. No, she's supposed to be British. But good on her at the end of the day, right? Mm. Of course. And then there's there's a million fucking other things going on. So we got Ryu or Ryu because it goes back and forth for how characters are saying his name in this movie. Yeah. It is Ryu at the end of the day. Okay. And Ken, I don't even know what they're doing in this movie. Apparently they're trying to like get some guns. They kind of, are, they, are they crooks or are they good guys? I couldn't quite work it out. No, I think it changes oh. a few times. In the games, they're just good dudes. They're okay. martial artists. Okay. He's trying to prove themselves. Yeah. I mean, Ryu, he's just a, he's just a wandering warrior. All he does is mm. just train and fight so he can get better. But I don't know what they're doing in this one. And they have to deal with uh, Sagat. And I'm very sad about this, Lonnie, because Sagat is one of my mains in the Street Fighter games. Right. I love Sagat. He is... Seven foot four. He's a muscular, toned beast in those games. This man in this movie, he's he's like the same height as everyone else. If anything, <laughs> he's shorter than some of them. Is he like the the criminal mafia dude? Yeah, the he had the eye patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd yeah, say he's yeah. short actually. <laughs> yeah. He's not above average height. If anything, he's below average. Yeah, not on. And who else we got? We got fucking Vega. Who's another character from the games? I think he's supposed to be like a Spanish prince. He's just fucking Sagat's henchman in this movie. Who has could have had one of the actual fights, like proper street fights in the movie, Mm. when he's about to verse Ryu. But then as soon as they're about to start, they even have a fucking countdown. Getting your heart for it. Mm. They're like counting down from 60 seconds. You're like, oh, hell yeah, here we go. Reverse Vega. Classic. And then fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme just breaks through the wall in a tank and arrests everyone. Cuts the fight off. It's it's a recurring um, concept in video game adaptations where they change things for the movies, don't they? Yeah. It's not on. It's not on. I mean, I kind of get it, especially for these early, like, 90s video games, because there really isn't any plot yeah, at all. Sure. 
except for like you know you get the arcade endings when you beat the boss at the end mm. you get like a couple of scenes of that but yeah for the most part i guess you can make it all up but like the only story there is is that there's a tournament and people are fighting in that and they just threw that out the fucking window <laughs> I guess they want to be faith. They need to be faithful to this part of it, don't you? Like to, to the essence of the thing. But I think it's also like if you just want to make a tournament movie, which other films that we kind of watch have done to a certain degree, it's like you're not proving your your contribution as the writer or director. You got to come in and be like, you know, what? Well, let's change a few things. And what about we do this? Sort of like putting your spin on it. I think might be the attraction there. But by doing that, you're taking away from what makes people like it in the first place. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And who else is in here? Oh, we got Chun-Li. Oh, Ming-Na Wen. Of course. Milan. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the greats. Yeah, she's really good, actually. Yeah, she's pretty good. The character was probably not given much to do, but she was pretty good. Well, I mean, she she has one of the only fights in the whole movie. Oh, that's true. Where she fights Bison hmm. at the end, which is decent enough. Again, you have to cut around yeah. Val Julia, but completely understandable. So it's fine. And, oh, my God, there's so many characters in this fucking movie. I, <laughs> I looked it up before you go into more. Apparently, the Stephen D'Souza, he wanted to only focus on, like, a maximum of seven characters hmm. in the movie because he was like, this is, like, the most people could follow in a movie. And then Capcom, who made the games, and by the way, financially produced this movie mainly, they're like, no, no, put put actually all the characters in from the game. He's like, oh, my goodness, that's too much. So we got, like, side characters that don't mean anything. Like, we got uh, DJ. Mm. He's like this uh, Jamaican, like, groovy dude, mm. who, by the way, isn't bad in the games. He's a good dude, but he works for Bison in the movie. I, I got this hand still. I'm not knowing the, the games at all, really. But there was, like, some blink and miss it cameos I wasn't understanding. Or, like, very, very oh, yeah. small parts who were, like, probably massive to the game. So, yeah, good thing you said that. Yeah, absolutely. There's also Zangi, who's a Russian wrestler. Again, is working for Bison to kind of shoehorn him into this movie. And then we got E. Honda who's a sumo wrestler, who is working with Chun-Li as, like, kind of an undercover agent sort of thing. Mm. And then Balrog, who was a boxer, who is actually bad in the games, but in this he's good. So I don't understand why DJ is bad in the movie <laughs> when he's good in the games, and Balrog yeah. is good in the movie when he's bad in the games. What was the point of that? That is so weird. It's like all the changes they made for that first uh, Super Mario's movie, which make it so fucking weird. <laughs> At least yeah. keep the characters in the good and bad, unless you're going to do like a, a fun twist or something. But no, that seems totally interchangeable. Yeah. No, not on. Not on. All right, a little fun fact for you too, Wani. So in Japan, Balrog, the boxer, he was actually called M. Bison. Ooh. In, in the games and then I believe M. Bison was Vega and then Vega was Balrog okay and it changed around in English because M. Bison the boxer 
was absolutely a hundred percent a caricature of Mike Tyson. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and Bison, yeah, Mike yep. Tyson, yeah. So they switched around the names just to avoid legal trouble. Which again, I don't know why they decided to change it around between three people, but hey, you know what? We're here now. <laughs> is what it is. And who else we got? Oh fuck me. We got Dalsum, who's another character in the game. He is a scientist. He's kind of being forced to work for Bison and engineer super soldiers. Yeah, that, that classic trope. We've seen that a few times, haven't we? In sci-fi. Yeah. Absolutely. But in the games, Lonnie, he, he's just like a an Indian martial artist who practices the, the martial art of yoga. So well, there you go. Don't know why he's a scientist. You got a but, you know good promotion for the for the movie. Yeah, I mean why not, I guess. Why not? And then we have a, a, an amalgamation of a couple of characters. So at the start M. Bison's captured a lot of hostages, as we said. And then one of them was uh, Charlie, hmm. who is Giles' friend. Now, he is a separate character in the games. He's just Giles' mate. But they turn him into Blanca, who is a completely different character in the games. Oh. He's like a fucking green monster. He's gross. I hate him. He's a feral. He's no, a fucking hairy freak. But in this, the, the, the scientist experiments are, yeah. They're creating a Hulk sort of thing, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, very odd choice. But you know what? That's fine. But I think that's to everyone. I think that is all. Well, can I mention my favourite part of the movie then? Of course. Of course you can. And by favourite, I mean weirdest. They're launching an attack on the secret lair, basically. Yes. To get there, they don't go land. They don't go air. They just lull down the river in a speedboat. Do you know why they did that? I read that the Thai government didn't want them to use planes. Is that is that correct? 100% that is correct. And I think that was decided quite late into production because the inside of those boats look like cockpits <laughs> in aircraft. And just these little speedboats going down the creek isn't very exciting. They, they try and make it as exciting as they can, but it's just not. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. No, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. Definitely. Like, it's something different, I, mean, I suppose, no. but, you know. Oh, I mean, you work with what you get, mate. Yeah. Thailand's being difficult. What are you going to do? What are you going <laughs> to do? Anyway, there's there's a million plot points going on. They're all like working together. There's a billion relationships. Chun Li's angry at Bison. Gal hates Bison. They all fight at the end. Fucking whatever. I didn't. I, I didn't mind this movie for as bad as it is. It's a bit of fun, as he said. Raul Julia, absolute chef's kiss. I can see why this has become a cult classic over the years, and why people can come to celebrate some of those like campier and and you know appreciate those aspects that you know if you're going to watch this on the first day it came out you might be disappointed but over time you can look back on these things and enjoy them um and i think there's the video game aspect to it, it brings it like if this was a regular movie people wouldn't probably they've probably forgotten about it by now but there is that mm -hmm. aspect i think that sort of holds it in the memory a little bit more 
I watched this first, Dylan. I've already seen the Mortal Kombat movies a lot when I was a kid and stuff, so it's a bit separate. Out of these new ones today, I watched this first. And when I first watched it, I was like, oh, this is all right, but, you know, not so good. And we've talked about those reasons why. As we go through, Dylan, this is like an Oscar-winning movie compared to some of the other ones that we're going to watch. Wow. Okay, this is head and shoulders above. Okay? (laughs) All right. That's where I'm coming from. Settle down, I think. Just in comparison. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, you know what, Lonnie? Um, There's another little tidbit about this movie. So there's a fighting game YouTuber called Matt McMuscles. And apparently, <laughs> great name. Yeah. Apparently, he at one point spoke to a senior Capcom employee. And apparently, every time this movie is shown on TV, Capcom gets a million dollars. Really? What a fuck system the movie <laughs> business is. How does that work? How's that possible? Oh, goodness. That is so weird. And they're striking at the moment to have the writers and actors to get a percentage of that. I know. Which they should, because they made it. But yeah, oh. that, that's um ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. And in total, between worldwide box office gross, home video releases, television broadcasts, Capcom has earned a return of $15.5 billion. Really? On this movie. What? This movie, yes. Oh, actually, it might be 15.5 billion yen, actually. But even so. Even oh, so. still a lot. That's still a lot. That's still a lot. But you know what? Bad movie. But also good movie. It, it hits that fine line, which I, I know you like. You, you you love your classic, you love high cinema, but you also love these movies that are so bad they're good. I do, but and one thing that pissed me off, and this is, I think, pretty much across all these movies, there's no fucking special moves. Mm. No one does any special moves. Uh, you know what? I did clock one. Gold did a flash kick at one point, which is one of the special moves in the games. But these fucking movies, they're too cowardly to have mm. people like throw fucking fireballs and you know, shoot energy beams out of their hands and... Well, and... half the budget's going to cocaine, so when they, when it comes to <laughs> filming the fights, they're just like, okay, do your regular martial arts. Well, you know, fair point. Fair <laughs> point. Anyway, that's Street Fighter. Yep. And good on it. Yeah, I'll good say. luck to him. Well, what have we got next, Lonnie? It's going up against arguably the best one of the bunch. Now you've hinted towards it. Mortal Kombat. Exactly right. I watched this a lot as a kid for some reason. Not sure why I was allowed to, but I did. We rented it a fair oh. bit from Video Easy. Look, to be honest, it's nothing like the games. It's one of my main issues with yeah, it. As a in movie. that yeah. it's not gory. No, no, not at all. Um so and I, I rewatched it fairly recently when the latest movie came out, the reboot. Um mm. so I didn't rewatch it this lot, but I did go back. I watched a couple of scenes I watched the the I think the best fight out of this movie, Dylan. Tell me if I'm wrong. The fight between Johnny Cage and Scorpion. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Either that or um the yeah, Liu Kang versus Shang Tsung at the end. Yeah. But both are great. Very fun. I remember that one being particularly scary as a kid though, because like Johnny's just walking through the forest and all of a sudden Scorpion's there, throwing his little scorpion spear on a rope thing at him. Scary as. Uh, 
that's not that's what it is in the games, Lonnie. In the movie, it's like a fucking little living being that lives inside his hand, which is feral and gross, and is the most <laughs> disgusting thing I've ever seen in my whole life. And I never want to see it again. It is foul. It is. It's yeah. I don't like that. Um, this is a great movie. I think from memory, like it, it's got its downsides, but I think it embraces the campiness a bit more than the other ones do. And it's like, yep. it's a bit brighter as well. That's one of my problems with the later films that we've got here tonight. Uh, tonight, Dylan. Come on. <laughs> we fill that same hole in you your do. heart. I get it. I get it. Um, in that, the other one, that they seem a bit, a bit dark and, 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 and dank and they seem a bit ashamed of being from this somehow. I'm not, I'm not sure, but this one seems to embrace its origins a bit. Yeah, definitely. And it pretty much sticks to the lore of the games. Mm. So there's like this uh, tournament to determine the fate of the Earth and if it's going to be taken over by Outworld. And you got Earthrealm fucking competitors in yeah. Johnny Cage, a Hollywood actor, who is actually a great martial artist, but no one knows that. They all think he's a faker, Lonnie. <laughs> Just pretty funny. Yeah. Lou Kang. Sony I, I really like. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I've Luke liked him a lot as a kid. Yeah. Shaolin monk. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Sonya. He's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I like there's like a three, like there's like, you know, triumvirate at the at the center of this. There's three characters who sort of have each other's back. I think it's really good. Yeah, absolutely. And Sonya's just a bloody soldier. But you know what? It's pretty cool. Hmm. Played by Ronda Rousey in the Mortal Kombat 11. Well, there you go. Hmm. Yeah, she's bad. Hmm. Not a good actor. Okay. Ronda Rousey. But Liu Kang, Robin Shao, greatest hair of all time mm. in cinema. Yeah, very good. That is long, beautiful, glorious, puffy hair. I love it. <laughs> I can't get over it. And like, from from memory, Dylan, you've probably watched this more recently than I have, but like, it, it does treat the situation seriously, but like the film itself, I think, embraces that it's a bit silly. Is that right? Would you say that's correct? Yeah, it rides the line. Yeah, yeah. okay. Right. I would say. Definitely, definitely. And the special effects too, pretty good for the most part. There's um, some bad ones. Over. <laughs> there, Yeah, there's some early 90s CGI of Reptile, which yeah. looks like it was ripped directly from a PS1 game. But other than that, like the puppet for Goro, mate, mm. I'm pretty sure Jim Henson's company did that. He's a big fella with like forearms. Yeah, mate. Like, and he's tall too. He's like mm. seven foot, at least seven foot. And he's forearmed, and he's muscular. It's a huge puppet. And it's looks amazing. looks incredibly realistic. Yeah. I think this one's all the better for honoring the tournament aspect to the, yes. the game and the movie. Like, it just works. You don't have to, like, change it too much. works. No, what, what do you need? What, what do you need for plot in a fighting game movie? They're fighting in a tournament. That's the reason for fighting. Fun to save the world. Throw that in there. A little bit of a cherry on top. Easy. Done. I think that's now we can where... just have fun and fight. Yeah, exactly. And that's where Street Fighter, I think, they thought that wasn't enough. They needed to add all this other stuff to it. Apparently. Apparently. Mm. Um, we also got uh, Thunder God, mate. Raiden, played by Christopher Lambert. And you talk you talk about Thunderthroat, mate. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, yeah. Christopher Lambert. <laughs> He has the scratchiest voice. I think I heard it's because he's he's like a massive smoker. Like he just smokes nonstop, right. apparently. 
But it sounds cool. It sounds like, you know, fitting for a God of Lightning. It's very crackly, very harsh. I like it. Um, they brought him back in MK11 as well as a, a voice for a Raiden skin. And okay. you can hardly understand what he's saying because oh. he has destroyed his no, voice. Okay, that's sad. No, he's a, he's a good part in this movie, though. Yeah, he's, he's a fun support. Yep, for sure. And also, this is fun. We got Kano. He's like a dirty, grubby Australian, played by Trevor Goddard. That influenced the games, and he became a dirty, grubby Australian in the games. Australia represent, mate. It's good Trevor for us Goddard. to have, finally, it's important, you know? Finally, finally. We're treated like the grubs we are in society. I love it. <laughs> That's good because he's got like a, a, a rivalry or a, you know, a, a long-running feud with Shonya, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he like killed someone close to her, mm. her previous partner, something yeah, like that. That's cool. Like it, it's, a unit. That gives a bit more you know, emphasis than just like someone you got to fight in a tournament. Absolutely. You, you're keen to see them walk up when it's mm. finally their turn to fight. And, mate, a bit of sweet vengeance. <laughs> well, he snaps his neck and kills him. I yeah. love it. Nah, I liked it a yeah. lot. But, yeah, it's a great movie. As I said, probably the only thing holding it back is that it's not too faithful because it's not really gory. Like, mm. it's rated PG-13 in America. And for us in Oz, it's rated M. Need to be at least MA. Yeah. And they get around it by having like most of the fatalities, fatalities in mm. big quotation marks, <laughs> as just Shang Tsung stealing everyone's soul after they lose. Right. Or like, as we said, Sonya snaps Kano's neck. Again, no blood. I think Scorpions is probably the best way they got around it, mm. where he's like a skull head only at some point, and then Johnny like cuts his head in half. And he bleeds lava. He's like a fire demon. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. That was yeah, inventive. That. But I, I think it's 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 a sort of you, you're trying to appeal and get the get the kids coming, you know, ten years up or whatever, or thirteen up in that sense. But by by not having it gory, you're probably diminishing how effective it is for older audiences. So like maybe just you know we're not going to get thirteen year olds, but we're going to really um, amuse and entertain. The fifteen plus year olds, you know. Yeah, true. And I think it paid off for him at the end of the day because everyone that loves this movie, they watch it when they were like kids in the nineties. I guess so. That, that's that's the trade off, isn't it? That if you go broader and younger, you're gonna, not going to have goriness, or you go older and have the goriness, but it's um not going to have as wide a reach. Yeah, it might lose some staying power. Mm. Mm. But you know what? One of the greatest movies ever. It's a clear Big winner game. in this first first bracket, Dylan. Oh, you think Mortal Kombat has taken down Street Fighter? No contest. Paul's it's got victory. The, it's got the Paul's victory. It's got the better theme song. Oh, yes. We didn't even touch on the theme song. One of the greatest themes, if not the greatest theme song of all time. That <laughs> Mortal Kombat <laughs> techno mix. Oh, that's just amazing. It is very good, Dylan. You, you, you're making some grand statements so far in this podcast. Oh, come on, mate. We've got Everyone the best screen performance ever. We've got song. the best song ever. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong on both counts. <laughs> no, you're up there. You're pretty good. 
Absolutely. And they milked that Mortal Kombat theme song too. It's like in like at least three fights. It's the opening credits, ending credits. But yeah. good on them. It gets you piped up, doesn't it? They, they struck gold. Oh, man. More than gold. Diamonds. Platinum. <laughs> they struck. And you know what? Can you believe this, Lonnie? They have never brought it back in any of the games. Really? Is it is there right tissues there or something? Or what's the go? No, because you know what? They used it on a trailer for Mortal Kombat 11. Not in the game, though. Just early old trailer. That's so weird. I would have thought they had run it, run it into the ground by this point. No, no. <laughs> I guess maybe that helps. Like, whenever you hear it, you're happy to hear it because you haven't heard it for a while. Maybe, yeah. Did you watch the recent movie from like 2021 or whatever it was? So, started watching it, but I fell asleep probably about 20 minutes in. Was it good? I didn't go back and watch it. I saw it at the cinema. Um, It was pretty good. The the main problem for me is that, again, they brought in a new character who was not from the games. He was a sort of introductory. (laughs) Yeah, Cole? Yeah, Cole or something. Um, and then they they didn't. Do you mind if I give you a, a minor spoiler? Dylan? I do not care. I do not care. I'll tell you why. I rented it for forty eight hours. Oh, you didn't get back to it. Watched it in the first hour. Fell asleep. Didn't go back. <laughs> well, they're they're setting up the contest between Earthrealm and Outer World, wherever it is. Outer World, yeah. But then they they have fights and stuff from memory. But then at the end they sort of resolve the conflict and then they're like, that's it. We're going to have to have a contest to, to really decide this. So they do, they don't really do Mortal Kombat. They're like set up everything to do that next time. Very presumptuous that they're going to get a second go, but I think, I think they are doing one. It didn't do yeah, great. Uh, being, yeah. But still. Yeah. I, I think Carl Urban's cast is Johnny Cage, which is an odd choice. I think, I mean, he's a good actor. Is, is he a bit he old now though? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I love him, but... Sure, why not? One choice. You know what? Uh, Zach Efron back in the day would have made a decent... That would have been good. Pretty boy. Yeah. Mine believes he's yeah, actually done the stunts, yeah. <laughs> and he's cut too, he's toned. Yeah. Too. Well, he was. I don't know what he's doing nowadays. No, he is. I trust him. I'm going to call it. <laughs> He's still toned. He'll be toned enough for the movie, I'm sure. He's a good boy. Yeah. I think. From all accounts. Huh? Sure. Yeah. 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 Alright, Well, we got a winner for nineteen ninety five. And it's Mortal Kombat. So they're moving on to the semi finals one. Okay. Next up, we got hmm, we got two movies from Either 2009 or 2010, depending on your region. We have Tekken versus the King of Fighters. We do. I've got one more on my list, Dylan. Is that coming in some way? I'm sure it will. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, Tekken versus the King of Fighters. <laughs> okay, well, I'll move past those notes. The King okay, of Fighters. Um, this was fucking terrible. This was awful. Straight to DVD. Not Pro- surprised. Probably shouldn't not have surprised. got that far. No, it was it was not good. No. I, I said to you, Dylan. It's ugly. 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 Too. And it seemed like they were compensating by having 
strange angle. Like every, it seemed like every second shot was on an angle. The camera, Dutch like angle. Dutch angle, like the tripod wasn't set up correctly. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like they lost a leg of the tripod <laughs> and there was no budget to get a new one. Yeah. At, at times it was like for stylistic reasons, but other, other times it just felt off. Um, it's awful. It looked like a fucking CW show. It was just dark and it was, the special it, effects were awful. Yeah. Like, truly terrible. And, I've seen better effects in YouTube fucking videos. And the, the plot was all over the place. Like they were kept saying stuff's happening kind of <laughs> as if as if we were following it, but I, I could not follow it, I'm afraid. I I did like that this was free on YouTube because if I had paid for this, I would have been so mad. Um <laughs> I, I still what? can't really follow the plot. So there, there is a contest happening, a fighting contest, but mm. it's in a different realm, and they get into the realm by a Bluetooth um, earpiece. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Is that anything That's not like in the, the games, game? by the way? No, no. The what? game's just a normal tournament. This is <laughs> a normal tournament. I don't know why they chose to have this fight specifically in different realms be a Bluetooth headpieces. It's a fucking terrible choice. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What is the plot? Of the movie or the games? Because the games is just a tournament. It's just a tournament to decide the Who's best the... team of fighters. Okay. By In... the way, it's a team game, the games. Oh. Teams of three fighters. Oh. Yeah. Did not pick up on that. No, no. Except at the very end where they're kind of breaking the rules and it's not really even a tournament anymore. It's got a beat down in an alleyway from memory. Yeah. And by the way, there's like seven characters, I think, in this movie. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't follow who's who. Sorry. No, that's fine. There should have been more. There's like 36 in the first oh, King goodness. of Fighters. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I think the plot was something to do with there's these three artifacts and if you get them you can be in charge of the other realm which you access via Bluetooth and Ray Park or right by was in charge having of all them. the the yeah. artifacts together or just two of them because one of them was fake apparently yeah. but it still worked to send him to the next realm and get him what he wants. I didn't go into the and there's like there's there's history between some of them there's like long standing feuds because. The big bad guy put someone's dad in hospital, that sort of thing. And there's a no, he, 
there's, yeah, a, there's yeah. a cop who's like doing a CIA, sorry, doing stuff. That is Terry Bogard, and he's nothing like that in the games. He's just a cool dude. He looks like a trucker. He looks like a fucking tradie in the games. He's an everyman, Warney. He's an under, undercover cop. Yeah. No, no, he's not. He's played by the, the David Leach. He does the John Wick and Deadpool too and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he bad. <laughs> no, the, the acting wasn't was not very good here. Um, it just wasn't a wasn't an attractive movie at all. And when you've got the basic plot is people do martial arts and fight each other, and they're all like good looking people. It should be something's a baddie. Like they shouldn't be that hard, but they. I just did not get my attention grabbed, Dylan. No, no. And this really hurts because the King of Fighters is probably the one I've been into mainly. Okay. Yeah, I played like, I think like eight of them at this point. And Terry was on my team in every game, so I'm extra pissed that he's like this <laughs> in the movie because he looks awful. They tried to get around at the end. They like, when they send him to the different dimension, he's got a little little vest on. Yeah. It's like a fucking life preserver. It's not even like his vest he wears in the games. It looks like Marty McFly more than Terry Bogart. <laughs> and then he gets his like iconic cap. He has a trucker cap in the game yeah. that says Fatal Fury. That's the game he originated in. Right. And he gets it for like two seconds, takes it off a dude. I'm like, oh, heck yeah, he's going to wear it. Turns up in the next scene. He's not even wearing it. He throws it at some dude as a distraction. Jesus. No respect. And my boy... One of my boys from the games, Joe Higashi. He's like a Muay Thai Japanese fighter. Mm. He's a cheeky boy. I love him. He's one of my mains. He, mm. For a taunt, he moons the other person. That's uh -oh. great. Not in this movie. Not in this movie. Not on. Yeah. Uh, Ray Parker's all right, actually. <laughs> him on Ray Parker. He was having fun, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed like the only one having a bit of fun. Yeah. I, I kind of wish everyone else had um, brought his, his um, enthusiasm. To it, but that's the thing. I I don't know the background of every single person that's involved in this movie or any of these movies, really. But no one is anything like what they are in the games. <laughs> uh, may, maybe Iori slightly, but in the in the games, he's like really like fucked up and he's crazy, which I guess right. they're kind of going towards well, at the end. They're all just kind of bland here, aren't they? Um, but the actors, it's like just in general for a fighter movie. Do you want someone? Who was a good fighter who can sell those scenes and you can work around the other scenes to make them into actors? Or do you take actors and get them fighting training too so they can sell, they can be believable in the fighting scenes? I, I don't know what they were doing here, Dylan. It seemed like neither. I hear what you're saying. You have to go one end of the spectrum either great actors mm. you train to fight or great fighters that you train to act. And they just went middle of the road. So this one's got Maggie actors that don't know really know how to fight. No, well, this one's Maggie Q, right? And she's been good in other stuff, I think. I've never heard of her before. Well, there you go. She's in Mission Impossible 3. I haven't seen the Mission Impossibles. You know well, this. I do know this. You know. You know. <laughs> well, Ray Park knows how to fight. He was obviously yeah. Darth Maul, for anyone yeah. who doesn't know. Um, but he someone was... made a great point. I looked at some comments mm. on a trailer for it. To see if anyone had any fond memories of it. No, by the way. Um, <laughs> and one of them was like, because he, by the way, he goes without saying, he is terribly miscast as Rugal. 
It's Rugal, by the way. It's not Rugal, as they say in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, didn't try and check that? Nah, why would you? <laughs> <laughs> and Because um, he's like a big dude, dude. He's like a real classy dude. He's not like a little perverted little scumbag that Ray Park plays. Little cheeky boy. Um, but someone made a great point because one of the characters in the games is like a British cocky dude that uses a pole as a weapon, which Ray Park uses mm. a lot in his martial arts. Mm. Get him to play that guy. Yeah. Billy Kane is his name. Why would you not do that? Bizarre. Not much of a budget. I'll give him that. Film. They probably didn't have much money to work with. Yeah, I mean, who would have been the most expensive, I guess? Yeah. Maybe Ray Park. I suppose so. <laughs> but, yeah. What can you do? Oh, terrible. Terrible movie. Awful. I never want to see this movie ever again. Well, it's how bad it is. Did you watch it especially for this podcast? Or had you already watched it? I did. You did? Oh, okay. Damn. I know. It's disappointing. I mean, see, man, is, is causing trouble. It's getting, causing a big line of trouble. You're letting this down. I guess I caused myself trouble. But, you know, well, right. I guess. Is it Tekken time? So this is, it's Tekken time, baby. It's, it's better, I think. I think it's better. I think. Maybe. What I think so. I think it's got some better, better concepts going for it. Um, it's better made. It looks better. In general. It looks, it, definitely looks better. Yeah. Um, you could definitely tell <laughs> when this was, this was released because it starts with like, it ten minutes of parkour, definitely that era. <laughs> yeah, around Casino Royale and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I appreciate. I don't mind that. Um, oh, no, that that opening is actually pretty sick because it's played to a song that's a menu song from one of the old SmackDown vs Raw wrestling games. So that that got bias points. Oh, me. okay, I love very that. good. Um, yeah. And they they really lean in to the tournament aspect again, which I quite liked. Absolutely, that's like the bulk of the film. I love it. But apparently, I haven't really delved too much into Tekken yet. It's okay. on my list, but I'm a boy with so little time in his life. I don't have much time for Tekken. <laughs> apparently, this has nothing to do with the games, like, at all. Yeah. Like, the stories, the characters, they're all different. Um, but, you know, with the man having no context, I didn't mind it. No, it was, look, wasn't my favourite ever film, but compared to King of Fighters, very good. Um, it, it felt a bit dark again, though. Maybe that was just the filmmaking style of the time for the more independent well, style. it kind of fits in with the plot, because what's the plot? It's kind of like um, there was these Tekken Wars, <laughs> so they said at the start. They said that. Yeah, so governments have been replaced by companies, and they're in the Tekken company, and... It's yeah. a bit Hunger Games esque. They seem to have tournaments every year to for people to distract the masses. Is that? I think I was yeah, right on that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's the King of the Iron Fist tournament. It's run by uh, Hei Hachi, and by the way, Shang Tsung himself, Eric Yao. Bit of fun. Hey? Yeah. Bit of fun. Bit of fun. And so it's run by him, and then his son Kazia, mm. who's kind of like. I guess preparing to take over, but also not really because he's a bit of a shithead. <laughs> and they run this tournament each year, as you said, to distract the masses. And at one point, 
uh, who's our main character? Jin. Yeah. What's his name? Jin. Um, his mother gets killed by like soldiers of Tekken. Right? Pretty sure. Devastating. Yeah. Wolf. Wolf. Tugs at the heartstrings. And so he goes into this tournament to compete to get vengeance. I love it. <laughs> Very good. I. I noticed in this there are a lot of body scans and a lot of body scans in all these movies that we watched. It's a good thing to happen, I guess. DOA, they're doing a bit of bit of that. I don't know if we're mentioning that today. What? And I also I liked the arena for the fights, like the way it was set up. I thought I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think it looked cool. And they weren't afraid to use colours. It was like outfits of purple and blue mm. and everyone's having a good time. A lot of fighting too, which is good, and it was good fighting too. Yeah, I'll give them. I'll give them. I think for this, they went the the good martial artists that trained to be actors. So yeah, they Pick, went a good. Route. They picked one and then they stuck to it. But I I do wonder, Dylan, if it doesn't have anything much to do with the games, then why have the Tekken name involved? <laughs> Seems like it's a little bit of false advertising. If if that's true, I assume it is. To get that cheeky little sneaks into the theater that love Tekken, and then Guess when so. they just to make them upset though, you know, because there's not anything to do. With... Oh, what are they going to do? Leave? <laughs> You've already got their fourteen dollars, whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But no, it worked out good. And you know what? I think it's a clear winner again. Tekken another falls victory. Tekken wins. <laughs> absolutely. All right, Lonnie. Down to the finals now. Tekken versus Mortal Kombat. What are we thinking? I'm thinking, Dylan, that you've missed a movie. That you made me watch. No, it's Tekken versus... No, it's Tekken versus Mortal Kombat, mate. Okay. What's What's better? What do you think? Is this because DOA is in the grand final already? Is that what you're getting at? Wanting Mortal Kombat versus Tekken. I'm going to go Mortal Kombat because that's my boy from growing up. Okay, bit of nostalgia, bit yeah. of bias there. I can understand that. I think the fighting in Tekken is better overall. Mm-hmm. But I think every other aspect, you know, set design, yeah. special effects, acting even. It's more enjoyable. I think it's all better in Mortal Kombat. There you go. I do. So we have a winner. The grand champion of the tournament, Mortal Kombat. Go. Mortal Kombat. Wins. One. Do you hear that? It's boss music. <laughs> oh my goodness. The boss, the one to defeat, has arrived at last. Oh no. DOA dead or alive. Here it is. Uh, it's way better than Mortal Kombat. You think so, do you? <laughs> the, the 2006 movie. DOA. Better than DOA Mortal Dead Kombat. Or Alive. You better say its full name. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm unconvinced, Dylan. I I think you know why. I've got reservations about this. Explain yourself. Right now. Do you know the concept of the male gaze, Dylan? No. In, Explain it. In simple terms, it's the idea of a film um, being filmed for the titillation of 
the male audience, um, especially around female characters. Mm. If you've seen this movie, you have seen the male mm. gaze. Mm. Absolutely. And <laughs> it's like wearing male gaze goggles. That's all you're looking at. Basically, it's the it's the clothes they wear. It's the way the shot is framed. It's it's how it lingers on the body. I I think all that stuff is is, is pretty terrible. Though, part of me, but, Dylan, I'm not sure. Yes. I, I don't know if this is true or not. But I'm not. I'm, this is not my opinion. But I think someone smarter than me could maybe make the argument that it's almost so sexist it comes around. To being not sexist and to being progressive again. Is that, is that what you're saying? Empowering. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just it's just it's just fun. It's a lot of fun. It's never drags at any point. And what what's it about, Lonnie? Let's get let's get a little plot synopsis up here. So fighters are invited to Dead or Alive, an invitational martial arts contest. And the four main female fighters begin as rivals but work together to uncover the secret that the organiser of the tournament is trying to hide. Having watched it's them all... It's based on the game. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, having watched them all, it's probably got the best plot. Like, it's got, you know, the contest, but it's also got a secret they're un- uncovering, and there's like, it's not a great plot, but it's kind of, it does, does make you interested and intrigued all the way through. Yeah, mate, absolutely. I just love it. It's so fun. Like, it's so stupid too because they get these invitations that are sent out via fucking blades, like flying blades, <laughs> that so. find them wherever they are in the world. Like, Kasumi, the main character, she's like a princess who lives in a castle either in the sky or on a very, very high mountain because she escapes to go find her brother and she <laughs> she jumps out of the castle and <laughs> she just has this fucking bat glider on her back that she had the whole time and she's just fucking gliding through the sky what a fantastic escape yeah but the invitation finds it up there yeah finds it mid straight away absolutely absolutely why not so we got Kasumi who else we got we got Christy who's like a a secret seductive special agent right yes that's not Holly Valance, is it? Or Jane Presley. They're the ones I know. Chrissy's the other one? Yeah, Chrissy's the British one. I think British. Yeah, okay. Yep. She was fun. She was good. Yeah, she's all right. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned her. One of the greats, Jamie Presley, who's playing my main in the games. Tina. Tina Armstrong. He's a wrestler. Yeah. Of course, mate. Of course. Had to go the wrestler. I knew you'd love her. Mate, she's classic. And she's cast perfectly. She's the all-American girl. Mm-hmm. She's got that wrestling southern accent. And, by the way, my second main in the games, bass, played by Big Daddy Sexy, Kevin Nash. Is that oh, her dad? dad? Pro wrestler. Yeah, yeah. mate. Yeah. yeah. He was a lot of fun, actually. They were both good. Yeah. Have you seen people talk yeah. about Jamie Presley being like the, the prototype for Margot Robbie? Just in terms of that you know, blonde, blonde bombshell. No, she should she should be much more successful than she was. Mm. I miss her. I miss seeing her on my screen, mm. Jamie Presley. My name is Earl. 
cancelled too soon. What is that? Is that any good if we went back to watch it? I remember liking it as a kid. Yeah, man, I've gone back to watch it. I watched it a couple of months ago. Holds up, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Especially those first two seasons. Hmm. I know you nearly peaked TV. Wow. To be honest. You're making so many proclamations today, mate. Depending what you want. Can we talk about our Holly? <laughs> sure, I guess. Yeah, why not? Why do you love Holly Bland so much? What's your issue? I don't really, to be honest. I think she's oh, not very good okay. in this. She <laughs> and she's just there for the. They're all just there for the looks, but her character, especially her first scene, she's like fighting, taking down a bunch of cops in a room when she's naked and they're getting dressed and stuff. I felt a little bit seedy watching it, Dylan. To be honest, I don't know about you, but it didn't feel empowering that bit. Mate, that's that's Christy. That's Christy. Oh, is How it? How much attention do you pay? I do not pay any is. attention. She British is she? <laughs> She's I think British. So. I thought she was a criminal. I didn't know if she was a secret agent. Oh. Anyway, great movie. <laughs> Loved it. It is nice how they start off sort of as enemies and they come to be friends and work together. Eric Roberts plays a really good bad guy. And does he ever play a good guy? Because I always see him as someone no. really evil. That's true. That's true. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him as a good guy. He's good at it. You're right. He's good at being bad. Oh, yeah. He's, he's used to it, for sure. Yeah. Um, I love seeing some skydiving. Pretty pretty uh, pertinent, yes. Dylan. Yeah. Yes, that's that's how they get to the tournament, and it's cool. It's like a bloody, it's like an island that's like a biome. That's just, it's got heaps of different like environments you can mm. participate in for fights. It's great. Well, my and, question uh, though, Dylan, about the skydiving is that they just assume that they will be able to know how to do it and get to the place on time. Because there's hold okay, if, if you, a, well, if you don't get to here on dead by, or alive, <laughs> I guess so. But if you don't get there by a certain time, you'll be disqualified. You're dead. Well, my question is, what if no one gets there? The whole tournament's over for the year. Yeah, I'm lucky. I guess they chose them wrong. I guess so. Bloody shurikens. But what's the point? The in the world. What's the point of the tournament? Does it get televised? To win $10 million. How do they fund that? Is anyone watching? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the people at the tournament are watching. Okay, is it just like it's a madman who? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, it's like a technology company or something, isn't it? Yeah, they they're using technology. Obviously, he's selling it off at the end to try to. Yeah, because the whole point, the the secret that they uncover mm. is that the tournament is just a way to, like, copy all their fighting styles and their fighting abilities, into these like scientific sunglasses. <laughs> that make you give you the power a good fighter. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. I this maybe despite the the bits that I've criticized, it's got something going for it in that it is a bit brighter and happier than the later ones we watched or we just just spoke about. Um so that's like it's watchable at least. Um and it clips along pretty fast, as you said. And the performances, like overall, you're not going to win the Oscars here, but they they play into their characters pretty well in their predefined stereotypical characters, but they're a bit of fun to watch somehow, you know? So, For sure, mate, for sure. Even uh, even the spin-off series from Dead or Alive, 
Extreme Beach Volleyball gets a bloody shout out. Yeah. The volleyball scene. They play a bit of volleyball, don't they? With sexy ladies, absolutely. I um, I just know, Dylan, this is the sort of film I would have watched at a sleepover in primary school. Probably yeah, at Eric's house. 12 or 13. Yeah. 12 or 13, right? And yeah. everyone else would have loved it, and I would have had to pretend to like it as well. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely say that. <laughs> but in, in context of these, um, it had something, I can't quite put my finger on it, but it was something special compared at least to the later darker, dingier ones. Yeah, mate. Stylistic, you know, it kind of, kind of has shades of a speed racer, you know, kind of, yeah, yeah, like full, fully swing. embracing the the campiness and the color and the the sort of different weird vibe you get in a video game, especially a video game from from Japan with American characters who are like there is that cultural distinction going on. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I'm going to say, probably nearly, nearly, Mortal Kombat might be better. But second most faithful adaptation, the stylistic movie yep. about sexy ladies fighting. That's what the games are. They nailed it. Do you think it's better than Mortal Kombat, though, in this grand final? Yes. Now, I disagree. I think I'll probably still get Mortal Kombat. Sorry. Oh, no, nah, I probably get Mortal Kombat too, to be honest. <laughs> what this, about Mortal... this has found a new place in my heart. I'm yeah. buying the fucking DVD off eBay. Oh, you it's are, not are streaming you? anywhere. Absolutely. Okay, well, it's, it's going to go on your on your shelf. That's good to know. Does Mortal, Mortal Kombat Annihilation rank anywhere up there for you? Stop. <laughs> too far. I've taken it too far, too everybody. Far. Look, I'll be honest, we haven't reviewed every live-action fighting game movie because a couple of these got sequels. One got a prequel, and apparently they're all awful, like really bad, really, really okay. bad. Thank you for not subjecting me to that. <laughs> you had enough homework, mate. You had five <laughs> movies to watch. Yeah. Next time, let's do something a bit simpler next time. No. <laughs> oh, no, everybody, I've, I've annoyed him. No, I refuse. I'm going to make it more difficult for watching 10 movies next time. No, We're doing a, a Sopranos retrospective. You have to watch all of the Sopranos <laughs> in a week. You're right. Nah, good on you. You got on to King of the Hill, so I'm happy with you with that. It's a perfect show. Sorry, it is. <laughs> Hello. I'm making my own proclamation, Dylan. How many episodes are you in? I'm like halfway through season one now. Five or six or episodes. Think it's perfect. Oh my gosh! Season one's like the worst season, and you're you're all in. Yeah, I love it. You know what? You know what's great about it is that it's like the best episodes of The Simpsons, but it's like every episode. Right. It's got very good um, plots that all come together with really great resolutions, and this is only I only watched a couple episodes. But it like puts you through the emotional ringer, like the best Simpsons episodes, but then comes together with a heartfelt message, but not like a preachy message. No, it doesn't really take a hard stance. It just presents all the situations to you. You kind of make up your own 
morals to take away from the episode. Yeah. But it kind of steers you in the direction. Absolutely. And Hank Hill, nearly one of the best characters of all time. He really is. He's trying his best. He's just a boy. He's just a good boy. He's, He's a salt of the awesome earth. Boy. He sure is. If that was a definition of salt of the earth, it's fucking Hank Hill, mate. He is the man. Love him. Yeah. He's not perfect. No one is. But you know what? He learns from his mistakes when he makes them. Mm-hmm. He's the man. He's a simple guy living in a complicated world, increasingly complicated, and he's doing his best. Yes, that's how I get amongst it. Is that your impromptu get amongst it? <laughs> King of the Hill? I mean, I guess. Yeah, we talked about it enough. <laughs> um, now, you know, another another one, another get amongst it, I'll say. I'm a bit behind the times, but I finally caught up on him. I've got a robo back. Oh, did you? Wow. Life, life-changing, mate. Yeah, good. I hate vacuuming. Despise it, actually. Mm-hmm. It's changed my world. I don't have to vacuum anymore. I have to press a button on a little robot. He does the vacuuming for me. Has he get caught at all? No, he hasn't gotten caught yet. No, he's having a great time. He's mapped out your house. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to hear that. He comes, this one comes with like a big like charging stand Mm. that also sucks in all the dust that he collects into like a big bag. Oh, nice. I got on them cheap too because JB was having a sale. Used to be a thousand. Came down to 500. Yeah. I got a bonus from work. $250. I paid $250 for this bad boy. They're paying you, basically. <laughs> Should be. <laughs> Endorsing them, <them> enough. <laughs> Bloody uh, Yuffie. Sponsor our podcast. Yuffie. Our favourite ever robot. Robot hack. Absolutely. We on the socials? We are on... Socials, mainly Insta and Facey, um, when you remember to put the post up. But you can get in touch with us anytime. You can message us. Um, we've been on, we're off X basically, rough Twitter. But if you want to get in touch there, but mainly, we'd love to hear your voices and spread the word, please. Yeah, and good news if we blocked you on X or Twitter, you'll be able to find us again because Elon's getting rid of the blocking system, mate. Every day Brave does something. Soul. Every day does something weirder. There you go. When's it going to stop? I th- I think he might be prepping to leave and sell it off and just say he did his best, but no one can make it. Social media just like sucks now, that sort of thing. Maybe. I just I just want I want Zach to punch his lights out. Mate. <laughs> we all do. Knock some sense into the lad. <laughs> well, How can we're... he be so smart yet so dumb at the same time? I don't get it. I think he's just dumb. Really? You think we got a bloody uh, Knives Out 2 situation? Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? I think so. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. (laughs) All right. I can dig that. We've got a big back catalogue, though, so you can get amongst that. We've got over 100 episodes of the main show, plus many more specials and Christina Chronicles. Um, Got a great theme song, haven't we, Dylan? Up there, right up there with Mortal Kombat. I'm going to thank Mark for that theme song. Is there anything else you want to say, Dylan, about about fighting movies? (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay.
But I'll say this. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.